Hi, I'm David Ireland, the Wildlife Man. Now, welcome to another Wildlife Man podcast. This is episode number five, and it's it's titled Bullied and Bashed, and it's an interesting story about my early life. I think you'll find it quite fascinating because the man that saved me from mental trauma from bullies and even some teachers that bullied me and attacked me was a circus strong man. I think you'll find this episode very, very interesting. Now, when I was a little boy, I was very, very sick with asthma. I had shocking asthma attacks and had terrible problems with breathing. Back in the 50s, there were no prevention puffers or Ventolin puffers to alleviate an asthma attack. And sadly, back in those days, many kids with asthma often died. I had shocking problems with it. And my parents took me to a doctor that was a bit stupid, this guy. And he told my parents that if he took my adenoids out and my tonsils out, that would cure the asthma. And of course, that was total rubbish. But what he did do would affect the rest of my whole life. When he did the operation, he pushed the palate up with so much force that he actually partially paralyzed the nerve in the palate. Now, the palate allows you to speak. What happens when you talk The sound and the air comes out in your mouth and the palate shuts. But with mine, the palate was so weak, it would flop. So when I spoke, the sound would come out of my nose as much as my mouth. And it was almost impossible for me to speak. And it was very hard to understand what I was saying. So here I was, a very sickly child. I couldn't exercise because of the asthma. I had terrible problems with speaking, so I was a perfect target for cowardly bullies at school. And I got bullied so much. I got bashed and these buggers would wait for me after school and I'd often go home with a bleeding nose. And things got worse and worse. And what was happening to me is... I started to believe that for some reason it was my fault that I was being bullied. I had no self-esteem, no confidence. I suffered anxiety attacks and also depression. And it was a horrible part of my life. And things got worse. The teacher we had in primary school, he actually went to the Duntroon Military College. He did not want to be a teacher. And he had some accident. I think he was about to throw a hand grenade or something and it blew his hand off. So he had this very strange steel device instead of a hand. It was like a claw and he'd hold the chalk with it. Watching him use the chalk with a hand, it was quite frightening. This guy was a very angry man. And one thing, you were not allowed to speak if he was writing on the board. One of these bullies mimicked my voice. And the teacher turned around thinking it was me. And he said, 
Ireland, you wait in my office at lunchtime, you will get six of the best. Now, back in those days, the teachers used a cane. And if you'd done something wrong, you'd get a whack across the backside. The worst thing they could do was if they caned your hands. Because the nerve endings in your fingers, you can imagine that whipping cane coming down. The pain was unbelievable. And I went to his office. I was already starting to get a bit of asthma. I was very frightened. And I was a little guy, and he's a big guy with this horrible clawed hand. And he told me to put my hand out. And he whacked me across the hand, and I could still hear the sound of that cane whipping through the air like a whip. I could still feel it. And he whacked my hand, and I pulled it away. He said, now put both hands out. And I put them both out, and imagine they're little hands. So I was only about eight. And he whacked me again and again across the hands. The pain was unbelievable in the tips of my fingers. And he actually split the palms in both hands. And when I walked out of his office, I was crying, I was in a lot of pain, I was shaking, and I was starting to get asthma. And a couple of those bully kids were laughing at me. That teacher ended up getting expelled. But he had really scarred me. And the months after that, I really suffered with depression. I was being bullied. I was scared. And probably the worst thing that had happened was I had this terrible fear of failure. In other words, I was so scared of failing at something that I wouldn't even try. Because most things that I did try, like play baseball or run or swim or anything, I'd end up with asthma. So I had no confidence and a terrible fear of failure. Anyway, my mother saw an article in the local paper and it was by a guy called Don Athaldo, who back then was Australia's strongman and also a circus strongman. And he sold exercise courses by correspondence. And my mum wrote him a letter. And she told him how much I was suffering from being bullied, how much trouble I had breathing with my asthma, and could he help me? Well, that man took me under his wing with numerous letters backwards and forwards. What we gained was this chart, an exercise chart, with him doing all these strange exercises. No weights. Everything was your own body strength or your own body weight. And what he told me to do was to, to rub Vicks all over my chest and to stand in front of a mirror, and I'd have the chart there on the bedroom door, and to do numerous exercises. And I had to breathe a certain way with each exercise. And when I'd finished doing the exercises, I had to blow up balloons. And I couldn't do that. Because when I'd blow through the balloon, most of the air would come out my nose because of the palate. 
So it can only blow a balloon up to about this size. But what he was doing was he was working on that palette, making me work it. And he was working on my mind as much as he was with my body. My confidence started to build, and so did my strength. And I got stronger and stronger. And after a while, my breathing improved. He even got me to do push-ups on one breath. At first, I could do four or five. That was it. But after six months, eight months, I could do 20 or 30 push-ups on one breath. I took up gymnastics in the gym on the parallel bars. I ended up representing the school on parallel bars. I took up swimming. And I also took up boxing. And my life started to really change. I sorted out a few of those bullies. And one thing about cowards, they don't like kids that are strong or confident. They pull right away from them. So things started to get a lot better. But then my dad got the most horrible throat cancer. And I worshipped that man. And back then they, they didn't know how to treat cancer. They ended up cutting a hole in his throat. I think they called it a laryngectomy or something. He had to breathe through this hole in his throat. It was horrible. And he was so sick. And the pain he, he received every day, the pain was just so horrible. And eventually he died after four years of this damn thing. And about three weeks after the funeral, I went back to school. And one of these damn cowardly bullies had carved my name in the school chapel, in one of the pews, the chairs, the, the seating, one of the, the wooden pews. And the headmaster called me up on front of the stage in an assembly, and I thought the whole school, I thought it was going to do a prayer for my father or my family or something. I didn't know. And when I got up on the stage, I felt quite confident. He said, David Island carved his name in the school chapel, and he'll get six of the best. So he came in front of everybody. I was about 15. It came me so severely, I actually bled through my shorts. And then he said something that could have totally destroyed me forever, for the rest of my life. When people bully someone, even if it's cyberbullying, that person can get so distressed, they can even suicide. It is that serious. He said to everybody in that room, that assembly hall, David Island will never achieve anything in his life. And I walked out of that assembly hall. He told me I had to pick up papers, rubbish around the school. I left that day and I never went back. I could have gone either way then. I could have gone really depressed 
and God knows what would have happened. But I'd had this training from this man, this Donna Fowler. And by now I could do something like 50 push-ups on my breath. I was one very fit young fella. And I remembered those words. Never let the fear of failure stop you doing what you want to do in life. Never let the fear of failure stop you, stop you from being the person you want to be. Stop you from achieving your dreams. That was, that was in my head. And I wasn't going to let that teacher's words destroy me. But things was, were pretty bad. We didn't have much money. And I had to support my mum. I'd already done some spearfishing and I loved it. But I had to get work quickly and I got a job in a factory. It was Horstrom Refrigerators at Willoughby. It was a horrible damn place. <laughs> Corrugated iron roofs, stinking hot in summer, freezing cold in winter, rat infested. And I'm working on an assembly line. I hated that job. And I didn't have much money. I was actually living in a boarding house for a time. And my mate and I, Ted Harvey, his name was, we were so broke that sometimes we'd go downstairs and we'd steal bread and Vegemite from the fridge from other people that lived there. And we copped another bully. This guy was a builder, labourer or whatever, a big strong bloke. He lived downstairs. And we loved listening to the radio and probably a bit too loud. He came up one night and Ted opened the door and BOOM! He punched Ted right in the nose. Blood everywhere. And there wasn't much we could do. This guy was a big guy. And I really wanted to get him. I'm sitting there one afternoon, a Sunday afternoon, and I'm watching this, this bloke, and he's got an MG sports car, a red MG sports car. Please don't do this to anybody. And he kept it immaculate. I went and bought some prawns. <laughs> and during the night, I took the hubcaps off the back of that MG sports car, and I put the prawns in there. I put the hubcaps back. Now prawns stink. And after a week, you couldn't walk past that car. And that cowardly bully, he pulled that, that MG to bits. He took the seats and the carpet and God knows what out, trying to find what was the cause of the smell. And eventually he sold that car for nothing like what it was worth. Please don't do that, but I did it. I hated working in that factory. I was only earning 13 pound a week. So I went back to spearfishing. And I was still training. And I got good at it. Really good at it. I speared fish and I could earn double what I could earn in the factory, even more. I worked up and down the east coast. I even went to Newmere and speared some big fish for the for the hotels there and had a ball doing it, spearing big tarim and even dog tuna. It was fun, 
by now I could free dive over a hundred feet. And I was very strong physically and mentally. But I still had some problems with the fear of public speaking. Even though now I could speak far better, I still hadn't fully got over what it was like when I was a little kid, when I was being bullied, and I could hardly speak. And if the, the headmaster or the school teacher said, get up and say your name or whatever, I hated it. So I still had a bit of that problem. But old Don Othello's words, never let the fear of failure stop you doing something or being your best self. So I swallowed that. I ended up opening up Cronulla Dive School and teaching people to scuba dive. Here I was, I'd come from this little scared little kid to now I was teaching people to scuba dive, teaching them to get over their fear of the ocean, teaching them how to breathe underwater because I knew what it was like to be scared. And I was good at teaching, getting people over their fears. In fact, we ended up teaching just over 15,000 people to dive at Cronulla Dive School over 20 odd years, 25 years. I won the Nowie Ambassador Award for teaching the most number of scuba divers in Australia with a 100% safety record. But my passion was wildlife. I loved filming wildlife. I was doing all sorts of footage. Footage for, oh, a bit for National Geographic and Quantum and ABC and Channel 9, Channel 10, Midday Show, all sorts of little segments and all sorts of different animals. But I wanted to break into big time. I wanted to be on Discovery Channel. Now, back then... Ron and Valerie Taylor, they were filming Great Whites. And I'd done a bit of that too. But they had that market. I wanted to do something as good. I went to Fox Studios. I met the boss of Fox Studios. He said, you want to compete with Ron and Val? Then take on the crocodile. So I did. End up meeting an Aboriginal elder that had the crocodile as his totem and he taught me how to actually call crocodiles and of course I nearly lost my life making that film but I had the guts I had the courage to do it I'd learnt to be very calm in a dangerous situation I didn't panic easily and a lot of that came from Donathalo's teaching all about him teaching me to to breathe and relax. And Crocodile Man went nuts, went worldwide, and it broke me into Discovery Channel. By then I was getting super fit, so strong. I won a competition at the local Aerobic 2000. I bench pressed my own body weight 33 times. I could bench press over 300 pounds, which is pretty good for a little guy. I was only like 75 kilograms. So I was very strong. And then I started my career with the Wildlife Men TV series. My freediving then was amazing. 
over four minute breath holds. I loved free diving and I'm 73 now and I still love free diving, breath hold diving. And it helped me a lot because to film whales, you weren't allowed to scuba dive, you'd have to free dive. So I used my free diving uh, expertise, my free diving experience to film all sorts of different animals. I worked with all, everything from lions to leopards to, to big snakes, huge fish and manta rays, filmed a huge diversity of, of life for my Wildlife Men TV series. I'm 73 now and I still train. In fact, I'm an ambassador crunch gyms doing all sorts of exercises. I love it and exercise for me is so important. But the man that changed my whole life was Donna Thalda. This is the Botany Bay Cemetery and I'm sitting on the grave side of Donna Thalda, my mentor. I still remember words he wrote to me in a letter in his beautiful handwriting. He said, David, never let the fear of failure stop you from achieving your dreams. I never have. I don't know most of the people that watch or listen to my podcast, but I do know that many of you have dreams and hopes and goals that you would like to achieve in your life, but sadly some of you won't because you're so scared of failing you won't even try and you live and die with regrets. Don't do that. I don't know what your dreams are. It might be to travel and explore America or Africa or outback Australia in a caravan, learn a new language, play a musical instrument, write a storybook. I don't know. But do it. Squeeze all the juice out of life. Don't let the fear of failure stop you from trying and achieving what you want to do in life. Don't die with regrets. Die with amazing memories. I never got a chance to meet in person Donna Thaldo and shake his hand. He died in 1965, I was only 18. But he totally changed my life. And that's why I'm here. To pay my respects to this man.